At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook, special Tuesday edition because I'm going to be in Las Vegas with VEASAN this week. So we're going to do a little early edition and that works out great because there are five WNBA games going on on Tuesday and only one on Wednesday. So this will be a lot more fun. Uh, and that, of course, leading us into what we have going on in today's show. In part one, we're going to bring on Adam Burke to talk about the MLB, incredible, great MLB resource uh, from VEASAN. Does a great job writing a lot of articles for them all the time, but still finds time to come and talk about the Dodgers and the Angels with us. So Dodgers at the Cardinals, of course, and the Angels hosting the Astros. We'll get into that with him and also his thoughts on Shohei Otani's updated odds and where the Angels are just at in general. And then, of course, second part, we'll bring in WNBA uh, expert, as I like to call him, Calvin Wetzel, who does an incredible job with WNBA handicapping for Spread the Floor, works with Sportsline. So excited to get his thoughts on the five WNBA games going on on Tuesday. And let me just tell you, there are two bets on that board that I love love and we both happen to love the same bet as our favorite bet so something to look forward to in that segment but before we get into all of that let's look at the local los angeles lines on bet river sportsbook and i'm going to start with the rams bills at the rams first week we have the rams plus one and a half now if you'll remember this was one uh, a few weeks back and of course will hill and i were talking about let's put this in a teaser so we can get this to seven and now you're seeing it uh one and a half instead of a one and total still sitting at 52, so no movement on that. And then there also is the line up for the Falcons at the Rams game on September 18th. Falcons plus 13 and a half. Oh man, the poor Falcons. This is going to be brutal. Uh, 49 and a half is the total for that one. And in case you're wondering, the Christmas game is up as well. Broncos at Rams. Uh, Rams minus two and a half. 
uh, in that game. As for the Chargers, let's take a look at the Chargers game as well because I know the Chargers have the Raiders to kick things off on September 11th. They're hosting them, and the Chargers minus 3.5 total for that one, 52. And Chargers at Chiefs going on on September 15th. Chargers plus 3.5. I like that. Uh, and then 52.5 on the total for that one. As for the MLB, the Dodgers and the Angels both back in action on Tuesday. Didn't play Monday, but back in action on Tuesday. For the Dodgers, Mitch White on the mound for them. And... Only minus 135 or so on the money line. Uh, plus 115 for the Cardinals total for this one sitting around nine. And then we have the Astros at the Angels as well going on later in the evening. The Astros minus 130 on the money line. Angels plus 110 and total for this one sitting at eight and a half. I could also look for a run line here, but you know that the only way I'd look at a run line is probably on the Dodgers and probably not with Mitch White on the mound. No offense to Mitch White. We'll get Adam Burke's thoughts on him as well. Uh, and before... We get into anything else. Just remember that Bet Rivers has you all ready for some baseball betting. Uh, you can add variety to your baseball bets with some new same game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props, create your perfect Bet Rivers combo. And whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to the game with same game parlays at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. So download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and make your baseball same game parlays today if that's your thing if that's your thing you want to get into. Let's welcome in Adam Burke of VEASAN, a betting analyst extraordinaire here, especially baseball. It does a great job with the run line, which is a show you can catch on VEASAN on Sundays. Uh, Adam, how's the run line been going? Run line's been going good. We've had Josh Towers on the last couple of weeks. He was former major league pitcher, spent parts of eight years in the big leagues, and uh, get Ben Wilson back now, now that the indoor football league season is over. So be good to have Ben back on the show and uh, – you know, I, I like all Josh's stories. I think it's a really different perspective that I get from doing the show with a player. Uh, but also, too, you know, Ben and I are guys that both understand the analytics, both really take it to the betting side. So I think it's a good mix, but I'll be happy to have Ben back this week. Yeah, that's exciting. Definitely something worth looking forward to, especially if you're into baseball betting. And it's interesting you mentioned Ben because Ben and I were talking about Shohei Otani, his AL Cy Young odds back when they were 40-1. to 1, And I feel bad for the audience at this point because I've beat this horse to death. But do you think now, because Shohei's sitting at 10-1 to 1 on Bet Rivers, you've missed the best of the number. It was 40-1 to 1, not but two weeks ago. Do you think it's still worth a play on him at 10-1? to 1? And not only have you missed the best of the number, but also the situation that the Angels are in right now is probably not good for Shohei Otani's Cy Young chances because last year he threw 130 in a third innings. That was obviously a career high for him at the MLB level. He certainly pitched a ton in Japan, as we know, but you know, he had the, the Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago. So I don't think that the Angels are really going to push him too much as a pitcher. You know, He'll probably be out there every day as a DH, but pushing him as a pitcher in the situation that they're in right now I think it's hard to ask him to, to really have enough innings to be considered, you know, for the Cy Young at this point in time. Now, when we talk about betting on the Angels, which is not something I've been making a habit of doing lately, unless it's fading them, uh, the games that I would look at are the ones that Shohei Otani is pitching, but even still, he often doesn't get the run support he needs or the defensive support, whatever it might be. Is that something that you think is worth looking at as well? Is like, if you're going to make a bet on the Angels, look to Shohei Otani. Even uh, one of his pitching props, like last week I gave out less than one and a half earned run and that hit because he had three or four games in a row where he had no earned runs allowed. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about Shohei and the Angels is they haven't won a game since June 27th started by somebody other than Shohei Otani. So it's really not a great look. And obviously we'll see what happens on Tuesday night. Maybe they can pull off the upset against the Astros before this airs. But, uh, yeah, you know, they're just outside of Patrick Sandoval. There's nobody else in this rotation that I really trust. The thing about Otani and, and Cy Young Futures in general is you also need a good bullpen because – there are still people that vote based on pitcher wins, and, and I don't know why, but you don't want to be giving up too many of those. So you want the bullpen to be able to you know, hold down those victories, those pitching wins for you. And the Angels obviously don't have a very good bullpen. They don't really have a lot of anything. It's very good outside of Trout and Otani. So I think that's a problem for them too, and especially a problem for you know when you look at Otani's lines and the games that he pitches, those lines are very inflated because how he's been pitching of late – and you have to hope that he gets enough run support or, to your point, that the bullpen actually takes care of business if he can't go, you know, seven, eight, nine innings. Yeah. Where do you think the Angels went wrong? In the offseason, we were talking a little bit about how they went to try to get some pitching help. And I think Syndergaard was one of the pitchers we were talking about as well. Where do you think that things went wrong for them in the offseason leading up to this? Yeah, I think things are just kind of fundamentally wrong with the organization because they have not drafted and developed well. You know, Joe Adele looks like a guy that can hit, but he doesn't really have a position right now. Brandon Marsh came up and played pretty well for a while, and he's really bottomed out now, too. They just haven't developed enough homegrown talent outside of Mike Trout. They've had to go out there and try to spend a ton of money to cover up some of their deficiencies. And Sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, Anthony Rendon being hurt as much as he's been has been a massive problem for them because they have so much of their payroll allocated to Trout, Otani, and Rendon. And then, of course, you know, they gave that mega contract to Justin Upton, which didn't really work out all that well either. You know, they're trying to spend to cover up for the fact that they can't draft and they can't develop. And that needs to change. They, they need to find a way to kind of tear this thing down, strip it to the studs, but that's hard to do when you're talking about maybe the greatest player on the planet in, well, I guess we could say in either Shohei Otani or Mike Trout. And, you know, <laughs> you're just wasting years of their prime to start from scratch. I don't know what the solution is because throwing money at the problem hasn't worked. Yeah, I agree with you. And I do think it's an organizational problem. It seems at this point it's year over year. And it's so crazy to even hear you say, oh, and Mike Trout, it's just like lightning in a bottle and you have them both. You have them both. And you're still, I mean, two and nine in their last 11 games, swept by the Orioles, swept by the Astros the first week of July. And speaking of the Astros, now at least they're hosting them because they've been atrocious on the road. I think five and 21 over their last 26 games um, away from home. So at least back at home, uh, but not a lot of hope necessarily here for the Astros games from me at least. Noah Syndergaard on the mound for them on Tuesday. Shohei Otani will be on the mound for Wednesday. And then Luis Garcia on Tuesday for the Astros. What do you think we'll see in the series? Yeah, I mean, you know, things don't really get any easier for the Angels this week because they play three with the Astros and they play two with the Dodgers heading into the All-Star break. So for a team that's won, what is it, 11 games since May 25th, uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't really seem like things are going to go that much better for them here this week. Of course, they do have Otani, and he's must-see TV, and, and we'll see what that line ends up looking like because, as I just said, a lot of his lines have been very inflated because it's about the only time you can bet on the Angels is, is when Otani pitches. Or, like I said, I think Patrick Sandoval is really, really good too. But, yeah, I just – you know, there's no reason to, to really expect much of anything. I mean, the Astros – are watered down a little bit without Jordan Alvarez. That's something that is a major concern for them right now, not just this week, probably not even this week at all, but long-term mm -hmm. for them. You know, they got that massive division lead. 
the Mariners are charging to a degree, but they're not going to run down the Astros. But Alvarez's long-term health is really important. It wouldn't surprise me if later in the week the Astros kind of eased off the gas a little bit, but they have another chance to kick the Angels while they're down, and, and I think that's probably an opportunity that they'll look to relish, especially after getting that four-game sweep uh, last week. Yeah, and to your point, I don't think they're going to have to try that hard to kick them while they're down is the unfortunate thing. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Alvarez. There was a lot of buzz about him in the last week or two here as far as MVP tickets. We're seeing him at Bet Rivers now at 10-1. to 1. What are your thoughts on him for AL MVP? Yeah, anytime I hear hand or wrist or anything like that with a batter, it really concerns me because a lot of times those things sort of take away a player's power. You know, you look at mm. a guy in Cleveland who, you know, should be an MVP candidate every year. He's very disrespected. And Jose Ramirez, he's had a thumb injury. He's had a sprained thumb for the last three or four weeks, and his power has almost completely evaporated. So when you talk about those hand things, they're really concerning long term. I'd worry a lot about that for Alvarez. Look, the timing of putting him on the injured list now makes sense because he'll miss a few games this week. Then there's the all-star break. Then maybe he can come back right after that. But you'll have to see how long the Astros err on the side of caution with him because he's easily the biggest piece in that lineup, and they're going to need him for the playoffs. And they're also going to need him to a degree to maintain that number two seed behind the Yankees in the American League because you get that bye now uh, to the division series with the extra wildcard spot. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very. It's funny actually. Now you're we're talking about uh, the wild card spots, but that just reminds me of um, the hot or not list that we did for Monday show. And one of the things I put on there was about uh, all star selections. Were you surprised to not see Freddie Freeman on that list? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, there were definitely some some players that should be going that aren't Ty France from the Mariners being one of them. But there will be guys that opt out of the game, decide that they just kind of want to take a little bit of a break, uh, maybe just go for the festivities but don't play. You know, that'll be a thing. So I'm sure some of these guys will be added. And, of course, too, if there are any snubs on the pitcher side that you're kind of fixated on, Keep in mind that anybody scheduled to start on Sunday typically doesn't play in the All-Star game. So there will be some pitchers that probably get added late. Okay, that's something to keep in mind for sure. Uh, let's switch gears to the Dodgers now. 56-29, and 29, swept the four-game series versus the Cubs. Look like they're on the right track again. They've won seven straights, 11 of their last 12. And now back in action on Tuesday at the Cardinals with Mitch White on the mound, who I think has done a very solid job for this Dodgers team so far. Yeah, he has, you know, and, and those bullpen games are always a little bit tricky, but he's pitched very well, and you know, he was a highly regarded prospect, so I guess we shouldn't be all that surprised by it. But this is what allows the Dodgers to be as good as they are. The incredible level of depth that they have where Walker Buehler's hurt. Dustin May is still not back yet. You know, Julio Urias is, is kind of a little bit shaky at times here. And, you know, we'll see how he kind of bounces back from yesterday's rough outing. But you get a guy like Mitch White that can go out there and give you four or five solid innings almost every turn through the rotation. And those things help a ton. And, you know, we just talked about the Angels. They don't have that. They don't have any depth that can come up and you know kind of contribute in a pinch. The Dodgers have all kinds of it. So for Mitch White and what he's been able to do, you know, it's been very impressive to see for them, and it and it helps them too because they don't feel like they have to rush a Walker Bueller back. They don't feel like they have to really push Clayton Kershaw when they need him, you know, rested and ready to go for the playoffs. This is a team now that. They're creating a lot more margin for error as the Padres are falling off a little bit. The Giants mm. are struggling to stay afloat. The lead's back up to, what, eight games now as we're recording this on Monday? That's exactly what the Dodgers wanted to do. And, and you and I kind of told everybody, hey, don't push the panic button with this team. They're really, really good. Things just happen. 
And uh, it seems like we were right with that call. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, now you're seeing Dodgers for National League West odds on Bet Rivers at minus 560 to win. I believe this was just barely, barely minus 100 or so, uh, maybe minus 235, actually. And the Padres plus 575 right now, the Giants 16 to 1. And it's interesting you said, well, the, you know, the Angels don't really have this kind of pitcher to come in and help them out. And it's like, well, they don't have the, the system that fosters the talent that we know the Dodgers are so capable of doing. So uh, it's no surprise that that's the result of that. Uh, I like Mitch in this spot for this game on Tuesday. I do think the Cardinals offense has looked not up to par and maybe it needs a little bit boosted and, and this could be the game to do it. But I think that I would look Dodgers here. Obviously, we're going to probably see that line pretty heavily juiced. And so what I was thinking to look was, again, under an earned runs prop, maybe perhaps on Mitch White. Yeah, you know, you think about the Cardinals, and, and this is something that I've talked about a lot throughout the course of the season, that when, when they face above-average right-handed pitching, they struggle because they're a mm. team that is driven a lot by Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, two right-handed batters that you know are good overall, but righties can definitely do better against them than lefties. They've hammered lefties pretty much all year long, but righties they've had some issues with, and Paul Goldschmidt as well. You know, I wrote about this in, in Monday's article over at vsin.com where Paul Goldschmidt was just, I mean, he was on a pace that was just un unbelievable. It was absolutely incredible from about late May into late June or so. It was about a five or six-week stretch where he just went nuclear. Well, he hasn't hit a home run over his last 44 plate appearances, doesn't have an RBI in his last 44 plate appearances, and the Cardinals have really struggled offensively. So even though there's some talent on that roster, they go as Paul Goldschmidt goes, and he's definitely cooled off here a little bit. All right. Well, there you have it. I mean, Dodgers and Angels, we love that we have baseball going on right now. Have you been betting on anything else, by the way? Because I know uh, one of my friends has been getting really into Formula One betting as well. Anything else you've been looking at on the card? No, you know what? I've been doing a lot of college football prep work. I, I just finished my college football power ratings over the weekend. I'll be doing four conferences in our college football betting guide over at vcin.com. So I'm getting geared up for the college football season, trying to see if there's any value left in the win total market. Probably not. But at least I'll be able to have you know my lines for the games, be able to have my thoughts on all these teams kind of squared away and put together well in advance of the season so that maybe, you know, when this baseball grind slows down a little bit, I can come up for air. Yeah, I know it is. It is such a grind and you do such a good job with it. And we'll have to have you back on to preview uh, the future big 10 teams, obviously UCLA and USC before we let you go. That's what were your thoughts crazy. on that's, that? That's come still on. insane to me. <laughs> I look, I, and I get it. You know, they wanted that East coast presence by getting Rutgers. They kind of wanted that New York, New Jersey area, um, you know, making the conference national now is, uh, is definitely interesting. And, to me, I think it's kind of more interesting to see what happens with the rest of the Pac-12 because without yeah. USC and UCLA, that's a conference that's going to have a really, really hard time surviving. So, you know, what happens to some of those other teams? Do you kind of get a super conference of, you know, Mountain West and Pac-12 or or Big Ten or uh, you know Big 12 and Pac-12? I don't know, but those uh, we're going to have probably 20 team conferences here sooner rather than later. Yeah, I feel like I was talking to Will Hill, host of the New York City cast the other day, and we were just kind of sad about it. We feel like college, I mean, being just a little sentimental, college football as we know it kind of coming to an end. And I was listening to a Pac-12 podcast the other day talking about all the possibilities for this. Do some of these teams break off and join the Mountain West? Do they end up in the Big 12? Or what's going to happen to these teams? And the lesser schools that haven't really been approached by uh, other 
conferences such as Oregon State, Washington State, et cetera. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see. And then there's the Stanford question hasn't been very good lately. And I, I don't know. It's just going to be really, really interesting to see what happens with the rest of the Pac-12. And it seems so sudden. And I feel like nobody even knew this was coming. But in a lot of ways, I guess you have to assume with the way that the game has been going that it was coming. It's um, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have you back on to preview all the college football stuff. And, of course, Rams and Chargers coming up, too. We can't wait to get back to talking about that. Uh, so thank you so much, Adam Burke. You can check him out at Twitter, at Skating Tripods. It's such a good handle. Coming up, WNBA is back in action on Tuesday. Five games to break down. We'll bring in Calvin Wetzel to do it. That and more coming up on the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide, log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Still Danielle Avari here and excited to welcome back in our guest, Calvin Wetzel. Maybe you remember him from last week. He does a great job with women's basketball at Sportsline and her hoop stats. And of course, uh, spread the floor, doing a great job covering that women's basketball betting. Specifically, WNBA is what we're going to talk about today. We have five games on Tuesday, so lots to get into. But before we do that, Calvin, you were at WNBA All-Star Weekend. How was it for you? It was a blast. I, you know, I really wish they would have been able to include more people, whether more media getting credentialed or just more fans to to be in that experience because it was so fun. But I felt really privileged just to be able to be there and to be, you know, hanging out with so many WNBA media people and just be part of the experience. It was really fun. The WNBA family is just, it's elite. It really is. And uh, I know that you got to hang out with a lot of fun friends there, but what did you think about the format of the actual game itself in terms of the four-point shot and no free throws and the 20-second shot clock? I did like it. You know, I thought it was funny uh, from a betting perspective. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on this, but I think a lot of people, including the sportsbooks, kind of overreacted to all those rule changes. We saw this total open up at 273 and a half, right? But Hilarious. I don't know if any of the rule changes really had that big of an impact because the four-point shot is just like, two specific spots it's not like a line it's not like you can take it mm -hmm. on the top of the key and they missed so many of them anyway in terms of the free throw thing I mean no one ever fouls because no one ever plays defense and the shot clock thing like I think we had one shot clock violation the whole game when do you ever see an all-star possession go longer than 20 seconds anyway so uh yeah I took that under right away because I didn't think those rule changes would move the needle nearly as much as they thought they would um so glad I did that but they, it definitely made for so much. Game. Yeah, right. It did. Not as much as last year, but still, it, well, it definitely yeah. dropped a lot. Yeah. Well, anything to be said, there's a lot of money to be made on betting all-star unders at this point because they just cannot seem to have a good handle on what that's supposed to be. And even if you bet the under right before the game, even after it had dropped 20, maybe 30 points, I think it was down to 260, 250 even before the game time, you still would have hit that. So definitely something to look forward to next year, perhaps. Uh, but we have games. We're back in action, of course, on Tuesday. Let's start with the noon game, noon Pacific time at least. Wings at the Storm. I don't know what to do with the Wings. I think that they've been the most appropriately I want to say priced and just their lines have been the most sharp I would say it seems like they've only covered two of their last six they've had a push recently in their last 10 games and then the storm on the other hand we know have always been talented enough to just 
walk through this league with Brianna Stewart at the helm, of course. And they've just started to kind of pick up and actually be covering a lot more, moved up a lot in my ATS rankings, and then also seen a lot of overs for Storm games. Yeah, you know, this one's tough for me, too, because on one hand, like, I think I probably would have projected this right around where it is at seven and a half if we mm-hmm. had our show that you usually have where we don't have lines yet and we had to talk. I still think I would have put it right around here. That being said, yeah. uh, I mean, Dallas has been great, absolutely great as road dogs the last two years. Nine and four last year, six and two this year uh, as road underdogs. And the Storm haven't been very good coming off of a big win, which I don't know if that matters because there's an all-star break in between. So are they really coming off of a big win? Kind of not. You know, three of the Storm played in the all-star game. It doesn't feel like they're coming off of that blowout of the Sparks. But uh, the last couple of years, the Storm are 7-15 and 15 against the spread after they cover and 4-11 and 11 against the spread after they win by 12 or more points. I think I, I brought up that stat last week on the show, too, because uh, they were about to play the Fever, who they blew out. And then they yep. blew out the Sparks afterwards, uh, getting a win on both of those. So I bet against them in that game, and I was wrong. So grain of salt with all of that. Um, they've done it twice in a row. But I, I still kind of lean towards the wings just because of those numbers. Yeah, I know. And I agree with you. Uh, We don't have a total up for this game just yet. But like you said, seven and a half being the number here. What's the total number that you would be looking for? Uh, We'll let you guess this one, at least the total um, for Wings and Storm. I have to imagine I would expect to look towards an over if I could get something around the 160 mark. It seemed like the magic number for Seattle. Yeah, I think this one will be above 160. I mean, if it mm-hmm. opens 160 or lower, uh, you're right. I definitely would take the over. Easy. And yeah. not not just because of these two teams, but just in general, those uh, over-unders in the 150s have been hitting the overs all season long. It's like two-thirds hit rate on overs in the 150s. Uh, wow. I, if we started to get up to 162, I would maybe still lean towards the over. I'm not sure if I would actually hit it at that point. Uh, Definitely lay off at 163. But yeah, hopefully we at least get an open, you know, 160 or 160 and a half or something like that so we can get a good line for the over. If it was something like 167, would that be something where you wouldn't want to look at an over? I I don't think I would take the over on 167. No, that's that's pretty high. I mean, the wings could definitely do it, but... um, you, I don't know. The storm, storm games rarely get that high. Um, and, and their pace storm. hasn't been that quick. No, it hasn't. We've seen them play some great defense, too. So uh, that would be tough. Yeah. All right, let's look at the next game. The Las Vegas Aces, who are the bane of your existence if you've been betting them to cover lately. I think they've only covered two of their last ten. Uh, and one was by half a point, I believe, because I think I was on the opposite side of that one, unfortunately. And now laying four and a half at the New York Liberty. And if I remember correctly, the New York Liberty have beat them straight up in recent weeks. They did, yeah. The Liberty, I think it was last week, that game that put up over 200 total points. Um, it, it almost, that game almost hit the over by the end of the third quarter. I think it was two points away yeah. from hitting the over by the end of the third quarter. So totals might be more interesting on this one. But I do think this is an interesting line because uh, just a week or two ago, this would have been a much bigger spread, far bigger than four and a half. But uh, I think... Books are really, you know, starting to adjust for how the Aces stumbled into the All-Star break and uh, how the Liberty played in June as well after coming out of the gates really weak. So I'm not sure. I still might lean towards the Liberty on this one, but I think I'm going to wait because I have, I do think it could move towards the Aces. I, uh, it's on four and a half on both BetRivers and FanDuel, but on FanDuel, the the odds shifted a little bit. Uh, I think it was minus 110, minus 110, and now the, four, the Aces are minus 118. 
uh, and the Liberty are minus 104. So if it keeps moving, if we get up to five or five and a half, we might get a better line and I would probably take the Liberty there. Yeah, I'm super annoying because I'll always tell people, I want to bet this live, but this is a situation where I definitely think you could get that. Also, are you off of Las Vegas right now the way that I could imagine a lot of people are feeling with the way that they have not been covering? Because I think to your point, New York was an 11-point dog when they beat them straight up. Now we're seeing four and a half. I think this is kind of a huge overcorrection. It makes me want to slam the Aces line. <laughs> yeah, well... If you look at that, I mean, that basically the only adjustments, because that was a week ago, uh, same yeah. personnel, the only adjustments are home court switching, which shouldn't be worth seven or seven and a half points or whatever it was, mm -hmm. is uh, maybe five. And then the fact that the Liberty beat them. So I think you're right. They're mostly over-adjusting to the fact that the Liberty beat them in that one game. Uh, I, I still, I don't know. I think it depends on if Rebecca Allen plays, because if she does... Uh, I said that last week as well, and she didn't. But if she does, I still probably like this line for the Liberty. But, uh, yeah, I could see the Aces completely turning it around out of the All-Star. I think we see a lot of teams do that, where however they're playing going into the All-Star break, they play the opposite coming out of that. If they're cold coming in, they sort of reset, figure things out, and get mm -hmm. hot coming out of it. Or maybe vice versa. Maybe the All-Star break puts a halt to some of that momentum. Uh, and hot teams end up coming back down to earth. So if that happens, yeah, I would definitely... See, could see the aces covering this by a lot liberty have covered seven of their last 10 games you seem pretty pretty bullish i would say on the liberty at least relative to me i'm so hit or miss the liberty and i think it's because i always <laughs> miss the train on them like i i bet the one game that they don't cover um so they're just not super reliable to me and part of it is their paint presence for me especially and, and sometimes it's dolson and i don't understand why sabrina ionescu is getting you know leading the team in rebounds sometimes so what is it about the liberty that makes you confident in their style of play um, well, confidence is a strong word because you're right, they are hit or miss. Uh, and the reason why they're hit or miss is because they take so many threes. And I'm confident in their baseline that if mm. they shoot the way that they're capable of, that they can cover this line and that they can compete with really good teams. But the problem is they shoot so many threes that they're just prone to those off nights sometimes. If you, if you take a high volume of threes, you're always going to have a night where you just shoot four for 21 or something crazy and you just get smoked. And, uh, so, but on the flip side, you're always going to have a night where you shoot 45, 50% from three and uh, you just, the other team just can't compete. So I think they, the Liberty have a really high sort of range of outcomes, really big standard deviation, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. I'm confident in sort of their, their average outcome, but yeah, I, I'm definitely not confident in maybe their floor. I think they have a very low floor. Yeah. That's very true. I love that you said that because the last time I was watching a Liberty game, I was thinking, man, they live and die by this three ball. And I don't like betting on that. I don't. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's it, Yeah, uh, it's tough for me. So I, I think I'm going to end up on the aces here. So we might be oppo on this one, unfortunately. That makes me sad. Um, okay, let's move on to the Mercury at the Lynx. That one's at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And the Mercury... I mean, leading up to the break, it seemed like they had a little bit of juice coming in, but really it was two wins over the Fever and I believe one over the Wings. And against actually, you know, top six teams, not really the case. So I'm not expecting a lot from them here. How, I mean, what, what is the line actually? The Lynx must be favored here. Yes, five and a half. The Lynx have been on a tear. Do you think five and a half is too many to lay with the Lynx? I, I do like the Lynx to cover this one, although if we see what I talked about, the sort of change in momentum going into the break, that could be tough for the Lynx because they had a lot of momentum, probably the most in the league. They, they knocked off the Aces and the Sky, thinking back-to-back -back games coming into the break. Um, 
in the Mercury, that one win over the wings that you brought up, that was, I think the wings were without Satu Sabali and Alicia Gray. So barely mm-hmm. better than the fever when you take out those two pieces. Uh, I, I, I still think, though, that the Lynx should be able to cover five and a half here, um, even if maybe their momentum slows down a little bit. I just This is too good of a team at this point um, when you look at the last month and a half, you know, take out their kind of like the Liberty. They had a really, really slow start. If you kind of remove that from the numbers, this team is just too good. And the Mercury aren't deep at all. It's going to catch up to them at some point, um, the way they basically play, you know, six in their rotation since they lost Tina Charles. So, and the Lynx are home, which should be worth two or three points, mm-hmm. which is half of the spread right there. I, I think I'm going to take the Lynx minus five and a half. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think that we're not going to see a better number. I think that one's actually going to move. And um, two follow-ups to this. Are we going to see a Sylvia Fowles three-pointer, do you think, again? <laughs> And also, um, how miserable does Skylar Diggins-Smith look right now? Those are my two questions about this oh, Yeah, well, if you tell me that we're going to see a Sylvia Fowles three-pointer, I'll automatically take the links right now. But uh, <laughs> I think she's hit one in her career in actual games. Obviously, we saw one in the All-Star game. Will we see a Sylvia yeah. Fowles dump? That's another question. Um, yeah, 14 years into the league, insane. Come yeah, on. unbelievable. So, it was such a great moment from the All-Star game. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the... Mercury situation, though, there's been so much turmoil with them. You, you brought up Skylar Diggins-Smith with the, you know, the clown emoji. It's perpetually and, miserable. Yeah, and the reports about looking to trade her. And earlier in the season, she had that thing with DT. And it just feels like there's all of these dominoes leading towards something exploding. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it doesn't feel like they're headed in a good direction. So just probably another reason to fade them. Yeah. Another game going on at 5 p.m. Pacific time as well. The Atlanta Dream at the Chicago Sky. And the Sky are laying 10 and a half here. And me being not a... Uh, I always like, I beat up on the Dream so much. I just, I'm not a big believer in the Atlanta Dream. I love what they've done so far this season and put together. But I don't trust this Atlanta Dream team. But I do think that 10 and a half might be too much. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm with you on both counts, and here's why. Because I do think the Sky are way better and, in theory, should win this game in a blowout, especially because they're at home. And this is the one team with no one having to travel because they're all in Chicago at the All-Star break, Mm. uh, and they're all here now. So um, they should be, you know, rested and ready to go. At the same time, we have seen – how many times have we seen this year where the Chicago Sky are favored by a lot, they, look, they do exactly what they should do through the first two or three quarters, and then all of a sudden they blow a huge lead and cover, by, you know, or don't cover. They allow a backdoor cover, or they end up winning by five when they were up by 20 or something like that. We saw it even against a good team like the Connecticut Sun a few weeks ago. I think the Sky were up by 20 at halftime, won by like seven. We saw it against the Fever last week. I was so glad I got that one. I got Sky minus eight and a half on that one. Sky were up 20-something, I think, going into the fourth quarter. They won by nine. They almost blew that one. I think the line closed at nine and a half. So they did blow the closing line. So for me, this is a first quarter, first half type of game. Once we get those lines, I would bet the sky to cover in the first quarter in the first half. But I would probably stay away from them covering on the full game because of those some of those late collapses. 
I like that. I like that a lot better. And I'm I'm actually trying to get better at betting first quarter, first half. I just feel like those are a totally different ball game because it's it's you know they're not playing full game. They're not thinking about the spread. I mean, ever in that game, but especially not as it comes close to the end of the game. I feel like I feel a lot more comfortable betting full game. But I do think you're right. I think the sky will come out and and be out in front. And I also think that you might get an opportunity, depending on how the dreams shoot, to go in live on an over. Because if the dreams shoot really poorly in the first or second quarter, you might be able to get a really good over for the second half. Um, and to your point about them covering big spreads. They just didn't cover nine and a half versus the Fever. Uh, they've never covered a spread over ten and a half this season. The only one that was over ten and a half before this was against the Fever at thirteen and a half, and they didn't even cover that. They only won about five. So the Sky are absolutely capable of covering the spread. I don't want to lay it with them, and I also don't trust the Dream. So maybe I'll I'll look to live bet this, guys. Uh, also, the Mystics and the Sparks in action. The Mystics are my favorite team to bet on this season. They are the best team against the spread so far this season, um, and the Sparks are actually. Probably my favorite team to fade, even over the Mercury. And we have this one going on at 7.30 p.m., so last game of the night. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I have actually loved fading the Sparks this year, too. Uh, but it hasn't always worked out for me. Before their last uh, blowout loss to the Storm heading into the break, I think they covered five straight, and I probably faded them on two or three of those. So the Sparks are kind of my team, like the, the same way for the Liberty as you, that just I have no idea what to do with them. I can't really figure them out. Um, mm -hmm. But I do really like this line for the Mystics getting, you know, two or excuse me, giving two and a half points, like under a full possession. And we st I, last I checked, uh, I haven't seen the injury reports. I don't know if they've come out in the last half hour or so. But um, yeah. if Elena Deladon plays, which it seems like she should, because why would she rest Game one coming out of the All-Star break seems more seems to make more sense that she would play this game, rest the next game at Phoenix. Uh, right. it, it, in that case, I definitely like the Mystics minus two and a half here. But it does also depend on the Sparks injury report because they were completely depleted heading into the break. I think they had three of their five guards were hurt, uh, as well as Chene Gwumake. So it depends on how many of those four players they get back. But I have a hard time seeing a case where I'm not taking the Mystics minus two and a half. Yeah, I agree. This is uh, probably my favorite bet on the board is Mystics minus two and a half. We're seeing Brittany's, um, yeah, Sykes questionable for Tuesday, Tolliver questionable for Tuesday, Carter questionable for Tuesday, Ogumike questionable for Tuesday, all for the Sparks. Um, this that line doesn't make any sense to me, frankly. I think I, if you asked me, if we didn't know what the lines were, I would have thought that this would be something like six and a half or something in favor of the Mystics. So, um, and to your point about Elena Deladon, I know I saw this stat earlier, so I wanted to bring it up. Um, the Washington Mystics 11-4 and four with her in the lineup and only 3-6 and six without her. So I think it's good for them to kind of cut their heels and have to figure out how to win without her. Uh, but it definitely goes to show you. Do you think, uh, I was trying to decide this in the podcast when I was rambling to myself on Monday's podcast, if Elena Deladon or Brianna Stewart is worth more to a point spread? You know, I just had that conversation with someone else today, uh, and that's a really tough one because I do think Brianna Stewart is a better player in real life because I think she brings a little bit more defensively. But just the way – we have a lot of data now going back to even, like, 2019 when the Mystics won the championship on how they play with and without Elena Deladon. Uh, and it's, it's night and day. It's so different. So, honestly, I think they're pretty even in terms of – I mean, I think they're both probably worth – in the ballpark of six points against the spread. Wow. that's I mean, that's huge, too. 
but yeah, it's I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I would give Brianna Stewart the slight edge, but yeah, I was like, I mean, we're pretty much coming and going with EDD on the Mystics. So we've actually, this is so like luxurious that we have these numbers. So let's recap what we liked. We liked, uh, you like this, the wings plus seven and a half. I don't love this game at all, but we have that. Uh, Aces and Liberty. I like the Aces minus four and a half. You said you're going to look for a Liberty and maybe get a five and a half if, if available. Yep, yep. I'm probably not taking four and a half now, but I'm going to wait, see what we get, and hopefully get a little bit of better line. People or maybe like me, you're going to move the line. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then Mercury at Lynx. We like the Lynx here, minus five and a half. Dream at Sky. I'm going to lean Dream here, but we'd look more at a first quarter, first half on the Sky. And then Mystics minus two and a half. That's my favorite on the board. Of those ones we just talked about, which one's your favorite? I think actually the Mystics are my favorite as well, because I was with you. I probably would have put it at around six or six and a half. And even without Elena Deladon, if you if they only get say one or two of those four questionable players in the lineup, uh, I'd probably still take the Mystics at minus two and a half. To be honest. Yeah, I wonder what the total will be for this one because I think even though the LA Sparks don't tend to play a lot of defense, the Mystics don't tend to go crazy on offense either, even when they're against a low defensive team. So I think we could still find a good opportunity on an under in this game. Yeah, uh, Mystics totals are, are always pretty low, so I you know, would expect this to probably be below 160. In terms of Mystics totals, though, we have to talk about my favorite bet of all season yes. that we have talked about a lot of, on this show already. The second quarter total, I'm going to like that more, way more than the full game total, no matter what it's at. Mystics second quarter unders 22-0 this year against anyone other than the Aces. As soon as that bet drops, I will be taking it. I, I love that bet. I, it's not even it's not even a trend at this point. It's just a lock. It's a lock, and I never use the word lock. I'm obviously using that facetiously, but it's <laughs> incredible this run that it's been on, 22-0 and 0 now against teams that are not the Aces. So I'm with you on that. Um, and thank you so much, of course, for coming on. We'll look forward to having you back on soon, and good luck with your bets. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is always fun. So Calvin Wetzel, of course, you can follow him uh, on Twitter, too, at CWetzel31. We'll have him back on soon. And thanks so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows. Normally Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This way, Monday, Tuesday, Friday. But you get the deal. We'll be back for more action on Friday right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.